0: Thank you for downloading this episode
1: of the Football Purist podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com.
0: So the Reds deliver their third straight win, seventh clean sheet in the Premier League dating back to last season although it was much closer than many anticipated at Anfield, and we'll get into the reasons why. On this episode of the Talk On Podcast, I'm your host, Jeff Hallett, and I'm joined at the ungodly hour of 5 a.m. Pacific for our international fan. It's really super early, so I'm going to start with our stats legend, Allie G. How are you, Allie?
1: <laughs> stats legend, geez. <laughs> um, I don't know who I am right now. 5 a.m., Um but on the weekends, this is what we have to do to watch games. Doing well? How about
0: you? Uh, just peachy. <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> um, and we're welcoming a new contributor, new regular contributor, anyway. A uh, good friend of the pod, always, Alex Charles. How you doing, Alex?
2: Good, doing well. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to getting started.
0: Yeah, painfully early for the two of us, but it's <laughs> normal for you. This is good.
2: A bit more, bit more bearable for me on the East Coast, yeah.
0: For sure. Well, glad to have you. Uh, so we're going to get into, as we normally do, some of the key headlines from the week. And there were some late changes that we'll make obvious in a second or two. Then we'll get into the match. Then we'll you do our usual seat index ratings. What was the supreme positive and negative out of the match? Then we'll do a quick preview of Leicester, and then we'll be out. So beginning with the headlines. So I was originally going to go, you two know, I was going to go with the story of Salah's battle with the Egyptian FA, but then Spurs United happened. Our year three Mourinho watch not only is accelerating, but it's becoming more interesting week to week. So their performance yesterday sort of forced us to cover it. Year three, Mourinho is likely to end well ahead of even our wildest predictions. He finally gave the people what, he, what they wanted in showing attacking intent on the pitch, but they got torched for it uh, with the same Swiss cheese, three of them in the back this time. Mourinho defiant in his postgame presser, which everyone was anticipating. Our fans don't read papers. Our fans don't watch TV. Holding up three fingers for <laughs> not only the scoreline, but respect. Allie, do, do you respect
1: I respect him a lot. He's gonna bring United down. How could he not respect that?
0: <laughs> so true.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, he's right though. If you look at the primary League, it's it was pretty funny. I was like, who who's that second other person that? Yeah, um, I was thinking the same <laughs> thing too. And then I was like, oh, Pellegrini's back at West Ham. That's right. <laughs> so both of them have won it for West Ham, and it's funny because he called Wenger a uh, you know specialist in failure for winning three. Um, permanent permanent titles and now he's you know bragging about it and asking for respect for the same thing that he's done so I thought that was funny
0: three points through an available 12 Alex doesn't seem like he's earned the job at this point
2: yeah that's three from not it's it's a bit of an odd one because I think I went into yesterday's game kind of hoping that they at least drew because you know, it seems so ominous now and it seems like he's going to get, uh, he'll get sacked quite quickly. And I think the reality of it is, as a Liverpool fan, I'd quite like him to be there. Um, at least by the time we play them in the end of November, beginning in December. So, um, you know, there was a part of me yesterday that saw kind of Spurge cutting them apart, going, oh crap, he's going to be, he's going to be sacked pretty soon. Um, I think the longer he's there, the better it is for us, uh, as a team. Cause I just, he's completely lost the dressing room. Um, it's clear that you know his his best players and uh, the like to like Pogba and and Lukaku just don't want to play for him um and even when he kind of lets them lets them off the chains you know uh, Pogba was was probably allowed the the freest role he's had under Mourinho against Spurs and he just didn't didn't really show up so um it's hilarious to watch all you know the United fans on on Twitter losing it and um you know, it's it's all we can do is sit back and smile and enjoy because we we could not be in a in a uh, a more opposite situation with, with Klopp and um, you know Van Dijk and Allison and um, our whole squad now is just is, is on the up and up and, and uh, to watch them kind of go down in a heap of flames is uh, is quite enjoyable.
0: You wonder why couldn't they played the attacking style football against us maybe the last couple times but we chose Spurs to let that out of the bag. Good for him.
1: Someone I don't know who it was, maybe the chairman or something, was whispering to to Woodward to sack Mourinho. Well, <laughs> that's kind of penalty.
2: the that's kind of the conundrum that they're in now, right? Is that you're three games into the season? If you go and you sack your manager, you're kind of, from Woodward's perspective, you're kind of admitting a bit of fault that you just didn't prepare well for the season. And and the second point there is is who are they going to get? You know, but Ponchettino doesn't want to go. There, Ponchettino's trying to wait out for the Madrid job um Simeone is not going to go there he's he's going to stay at Atletico so what are their options right now you could put in a phone call yeah you could put in a phone call to, to Zidane but it, you know what manager is going to look at that situation and go yeah sign me I, I, give me that squad and I will see like it's just kind of a toxic situation right now um the best shout i've heard or the best you know one of the best options that i've heard is is Rodgers which would be perfect because <laughs> he's got this huge self-inflated ego and he'll think he can turn the shit right around
0: <laughs> wouldn't that be lovely um, it, it, it but, is you know yeah. Liverpool fans on both sides of the is Rogers that would confirm it enough about United um, getting into more Liverpool news so uh, Karius completes his move anticipated move to Bashitas. he has come to Bashitas.
1: Do, do the music here
0: <laughs> <I can't. laughs> and as a result of that Mignolet uh, is placed in the number two role, but it seems he's not exactly thrilled to carry it. So a few quotes out of him. The transfer of Carius doesn't change anything for me. I've always been clear. I want to play. Being number two or number three makes a little difference. Playing minutes is the most important thing. And he's right. Like If you were Mignolet, would you want to be hanging out?
1: No, I mean, he said the same things to Courtois when he wasn't starting against him. A couple years back when he first started with us, and now he's in the same position, so I think he needs to go to a club like Burnley or I don't know something more mid-table. Uh,
2: yeah, and redesign his career, I guess. He's a Premiership-level keeper, in, you know, for a mid to, to bottom-table team. We've, we've seen that he's a he's a good shot stopper. You know, he's fine um, as a number two for us. He's a great backup. God forbid anything happens to our our mountain of a man in net right now. Um, he's a good number two to come in and he'll get the cup games you can't necessarily blame him for for hey but at the same time you would you would kind of like to see him just buy into the the squad ethos and kind of the good vibe around the club right now if he picked up a you know a, a trophy or a winner's medal from something and be one of the accomplishments of his career so you know you'd like him to stick around and stay but at the same time it seems like you know he's kind of angling for a move away and um, with some of the journals coming out about pieces about this the, the Irish kid um, coming up, it sounds like you know he may take the number the number two spot if Minouli leaves, which would leave us, I think, a bit short um,
0: in net. So why don't we get into the match? Uh, we've talked about the news for the week that completes it, and uh, I'm sure there's more to come on the unraveling of Mourinho that we'll be covering next week. But lads, I, we start with some compliments to. Chris Houghton and his setup, they didn't park the bus, but they played well in the half spaces. Shutting down our key passes made a real problem for us in the second half where our shape kind of fell apart. Duffy and Montoya did a good job of containing Mane, I thought. How far do you think they'll go this year, Allie?
1: Mid-mid table, like exactly in the middle. I don't think they'll do better than Everton. or um, I think they'll be around like where Fulham will end up, so... I, th- I think they're organized right now. I think they usually wither a little bit, but they've been more organized than we've seen so far. Like you mentioned,
0: clearly the team that showed up versus United the week prior. Alex, any thoughts on what you saw? Is this a more? Ca- I mean, it certainly isn't the Brighton we beat four-one-five-nil.
2: Yeah, no. I think I think you know Chris Houghton has them set up. Um, you know, they're very organized. They're going to be they're going to be hard to break down and you could see they kind of have a, a, a dogfight fight about them and they're, they're kind of not going to give up. I mean, he, he came to Anfield and, and kind of executed his game plan perfectly. Right. It was um, you know, let's, let's see out the first 60, 65 odd minutes. And then um, you know, assuming it's still close in the end, we'll throw on our two new signings and, and give it a go. And, you know, to be fair to them, they had, you know, three or four chances that if Allison doesn't make few saves and if a few you know balls bounce their way there's that that corner and that towards the end that kind of just fell in the box if somebody puts that away right you could see them walking away with a point and then that's that's job done for him so you know he, he had a game plan he executed it and and it nearly it nearly paid off for him um, you know, I think they their success will depend on how well they can do away from from uh, their own ground and away from home. Um, last year, they had a really, really, you know, a very decent record at home, especially against the the bottom side. So, you know, if they can go to um, you know places like Anfield and pick up a point, or go to mid table teams and pick up three points, then I think they'll they'll see them in in, in the mid table. I think Chris Hounds a really good manager, and um, you know, they're 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 actually a good team to watch and a good team to pull for. So. Um, you know aside from when we played them again I hope they uh, I hope they do all well the season
0: our defenders really carried the day for us uh, in many ways won the game although Salah's goal is the one that decided it early in the first half and let's begin with Allison so two important saves one late on Gross's header uh, it was as usual Fred Astero with the ball at his feet dazzling with that chip Klopp said he never bought a Brazilian goalkeeper before did he buy that too <laughs> wasn't exactly impressed. Uh, that was cool. it was. Then almost lost the ball late to Murray. You remember that? That almost cost us a goal you know, with any other keeper not named Allison. It's a good teachable moment for Klopp. You sandwiched it in with all the good and bad, wouldn't you, Allie?
1: The balls on Allison to do that as the last man coming out. Jesus. I mean, when I played, I, w- I would be hesitant to do that as like an attacking midfielder, like high up the pitch. And this guy's doing it in a game where we're up 1-0, and if he messes up right there, it's, you know, people are going to be going for his head. That was uh, that was awesome. Um, yeah, I, I agree with Klopp. I, I probably wouldn't want to see a goalkeeper try that again. There, People might be anticipating that going forward, but the saves, you know, to to save us the three points is just, you know, as good as the goal that was scored. And, you know, in, in another world where we have, you know, not, Allison and the previous seasons, that would be a, a one pointer for us, and we'd be struggling to, you know, catch the, you know, the Chelsea's or the Spurs again from
2: from the beginning. I mean, that's the alley just to, to tackle on that. That is like the prototypical game that we would have drawn in years past, yeah. right? Like it, we we play well, we miss a few chances, and then the goalie doesn't have anything to do. And on eighty eight minutes, they you know the the opposition score a goal, and we end up drawing one one. But it's uh, for me really really encouraging to see a keeper that you know not only oozes so much confidence but had, doesn't have anything to do really for the the large majority of the g- game um yet is still clued in in the 88th minute and is able to make that save and kind of preserve the three points i mean that is that's what we've been that's what we've needed for um you know for years now and and we haven't found it and it seems like we have you know finally finally paid for our guy and um, you know, you just kind of feel feel that much bit safer with him in that and As soon as he makes that save, you know, he pops up and he he's pointing to his head and he's saying, you know, be smart, be smart um, from the from the corner. So um, yeah, just just really really good to see and, and instills you with confidence um, in a place where in a position where we really we haven't had it in years past.
1: Well, well Alex instills you with confidence, but instills the players around him too. Um, yeah, if, if you see. Gomez and you know Trent and everyone they they just seem so much more comfortable I don't know if that's because you know VVD's over there ordering them what to do and organizing everyone or if it's a little bit of both where back then they know they'll you know if anything happens they'll get um you know what they need to have a, have a keeper behind them
2: yeah. yeah I was gonna say you know it, it's it's we we talked about a lot about the negative um the, the negative the negativity that can come from so much press right so by what i'm talking about is you know there's this classic example when lover comes out and starts talking himself up and then you know maybe the opposition target him or he makes a mistake in the next game but you know it kind of works uh, the reverse way as well and in the sense that we now have a goalkeeper that is kind of commanding the attention of the press and the opposition and we have a, a defense that is settled and is, is not conceding and you know when these things kind of get Put out in the press for better or for worse, it gets into the opposition's head, and and you can kind of see the likes of like Glenn Murray, um, Pascal Gross with the header. As soon as they know they have they have one chance and they've missed it, their heads drop because they they realize that they're not going to get many more chances against our defense anymore. You know, Allison's going to come out from these corners and he's going to claim them, Van Dyke's going to going to kind of see these chances away. And and you know, I, ca- I kind of just have that one image after Pascal Gross you know has that header saved. It was a great and he just he drops to his knees and he puts his hands on his face because he knows that's the only chance they're getting for the rest of the match like there, there's no other clean cut chances that are coming through and you know when you have that in a defense it just it dejects the opposition when they when they miss a chance and it's kind of you know this self-fulfilling prophecy prophecy of our of our defense kind of just having an aura around it that's you know you know we're impenetrable we're not going to give up any goals and you know fuck you if you think you can uh if you think you can score at us that's a good point
0: Imagining a certain emoji from Allie right now, but we'll save that for the next pod. (laughs) Why don't we get on to central defense? I mean, so much to talk about, Allison. We can spend the rest of the pod doing it. Joe Gomez puts in another consecutive good shift, another consecutive clean sheet. Kept Murray in large part in his pocket for most of the match. Another solid game for our center half, Alex.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, and third game on the trot, um, really impressive. I thought, you know, uh, he's had to deal with a different type of center forward as well in, in Glenn Murray. I think, um, you know, he's played against Zaha. I feel like Penteke kind of decided he wanted to kind of match up against Van Dyke a little more against Palace, but, um, you know, he's played against size, he's played against Anatovic and, and all different types of, of kind of strikers. And, um, you know, Glenn Murray's a bit, a bit bigger, you know, a bit more, um, stays a a bit more in the center of the park. And I thought Gomez dealt really, really well. Um, He's kind of, you can see him maturing on the job, right? He's, he's learning constantly. And and I think, you know, I think one of the things that uh, I always liked about Gomez was that he could make a mistake and his pace could cover for him. Um, But now I think what's interesting is what you're seeing is his pace is covering for others' mistakes, right? So if Trent gets caught on the ball, um, if Van Dyke kind of, there was, there was a moment, I think in the first half where Van Dyke steps out, um, I think Glenn Murray or whoever was checking down um, and Van Dykes pulled out of position and a ball gets played through the channel and, and Gomez's pace kind of wipes the chance away or, or you know, shuttles the the, the attacker towards the, the sideline because um, he's able to recover so quickly. So, you know, y- you can just see the maturity as he's as he's developing and as he's kind of getting through his paces um, and learning on the job. And, and it's starting to look like a, a really, uh, really promising partnership with Van Dyke.
0: Ali, when you were playing, uh, to have the leadership within, in the form of Van Dyke next to Gomez, I mean, got to give him a just a chest full of confidence. And then you've got Allison behind him. And this is the ideal learning opportunity for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was actually trying to point this out to my uh, fiancé earlier um, when we were watching the game. I was like, look at Van Dyke! Look at how much he's talking to these players. Look at what he's doing. He's doing so much more for the team that you know people can actually see. And every time the camera pans on Van Dyke, the guy is talking so much that I'm getting tired. Like it's not easy to to, to talk as much as this guy's doing, and he's organizing so much on and off the ball. He's he's just been instrumental for our defense. And I know uh, Trent and Gomez and Robinson all look to him every time any direction. So what he's doing for the team is actually something that you know I haven't seen in, in quite a while since Carragher. It's hippie. Yeah. So I, I don't want to jinx anything right now, but I think uh, Virgil van Dijk might be, you know, at the end of his career, might be one of the best center backs we've ever seen.
0: Oh, without a doubt. And I'll just go ahead and say, we, I think we found our starting pair and Mati may be coming back. And the, I'm sure you know, we saw a little, little, little kerfuffle in the match. Like when he came on, who was going to play center back for instance, but there's no doubt. It's Gomez and it's Van Dyke uh, as our first team option. God help the guy stay healthy.
1: Well, I know Alex might have something to say about
2: this. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I'm I'm a fan of, um, you know, I like Dejan Lovren. I think you know he's he's not nearly as bad as a lot of our supporters make him out to be. Um, You know, you like you just simply can't. I thought he had a great Champions League final. He played in the World Cup final. I know that might not mean a lot to some people, but he's clearly a center back that has capabilities. Um, you know, that said, I, I think we know Dejan Lovren's peak, right? We know his his performance level um, and it can fluctuate. So if, if you bring along someone like Joe Gomez who shows the promise that he does and has all the physical attributes to be a really, really good center half, um, then I think there's no reason that he should he should be replaced in the team. You know, that said, I think we now have a bit of depth at a position that we thought we might not have have, right? Um I think everyone was kind of wanting a center back in the summer. And I think right now with kind of the four of Matzip, Lover, and Gomez and, and Van Dyke. And if Gomez kind of continues his progression, um, you feel a bit safer in, in those options. I think, you know, people people, I think at the beginning of the season forget it's a long season and there's a lot of games to play and and these partnerships aren't, you know, Gomez and Van like aren't going to play every single league game. They're not going to play every single Champions League game together. So w- we need options, and and the fact that we have those um, in Matip and Lovren, if they come off the bench, then I'm completely okay with that. The
1: only issue that I have is, let's say, and I don't want to jinx anything again. But let's say we're you know VVD picks up a knock. Does chaos break loose at this point because Gomez, up and Lover are, are going to be our go tos, and I don't know if they're good without direction. You know playing alone without Virgil Van Dyke?
2: I mean it's a it's a valid concern, right? I think um I think you wanna you hope that no, right? You hope that like there's a there's a level of confidence that's just been ensued by us keeping clean sheets and a defense it has been a goalie that's now settled. Um but you know Van Dyke is now being talked about as one of the best center backs in the league, if not one of the best center backs in the world. So obviously when you use a piece lose a piece like that, right, you're gonna see you would expect to see a drop off, but um, you know, hopefully we have the, 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 there's no one that could replace him, I guess is kind of what I'm saying. So hopefully we have the cover to deal with it until, um, you know, should he ever pick up a knock, um, until we get it back.
0: When you also fancy some leadership qualities in Gomez, right? He's learning under Van Dyke. He's learning to communicate like Van Dyke. Could it be that, you know, God forbid Van Dyke go down for a game to, you know, end up with some knock and Gomez could fill that hole of leadership. He's you know, sitting in front of Allison. Allison's a good yeah, communicator. Eventually. Yeah, Gomez, you you could see him directing Lovern where to be and because Lovern's best when he's directed, not having to think on his feet.
2: I wouldn't discount, you know, Andy Robertson as a leader as well. Like you can you can see him, you know, barking at barking at everyone, getting up and down the wing. He's he's turning into, you know, he's still a young kid, right? But he's still turning into a leader in his own right. And I think um, you know, just with a settled left back there that <laughs> you know lo- love moreno to bits but he runs around with a chicken like his head cut off sometimes so <laughs> just to have yeah. someone that settled there and seems to have a bit more of a um you know a good idea of of his defensive duties um i think helps as well i, I wanted to, to spend
0: yeah you know, spend some time on robertson and trent cuz it seems like they're developing right in for, right before our eyes like week to week they're getting better in at attacking distribution defending and they're good at all three, which makes them on the edge of world class. I think in Trent's case, and Robertson would love to see him get there. There was some, I think, even more development from Robertson. We haven't seen him making runs into the box.
1: I just see a player that does every all the basics really well, and that's something we haven't seen out of a left back in a while. I love Moreno. I'll be his, you know, I'll say I'm his biggest fan. But he couldn't do the basics, you know, efficiently and consistently correct. So saying that, Adam Robinson is just a, you know a fresh, a breath of fresh air. He gets up, and I know Salah is on the exact same page as him because every time Robertson gets a ball, he delivers a you know first-time ball into into the box, and Salah is always ready for it. So the way that he's working with our front three, I think, is something that it doesn't go unnoticed, but. You know the chemistry they have goes un- unnoticed, in in my opinion. And I think uh, he's someone that we can always count on. Every time the ball goes down the right channel for the opposition, I'm always, always confident that Robinson is going to get the job done. So that's something I haven't felt in a while out of
2: out of a Liverpool team.
0: And Alex, with Trent, him and his free kicks, I feel like we're going to see a lot more of these, don't you?
2: Yeah, you can, you can just kind of feel in the next week or two if there's an opportunity he's he's kind of gotten close a few times now and the next one just seems like it just might might you know be buried in the net um you know hopefully there's more to come i think one of the things we've we've missed for since you know continuous departure has been a a set piece taker um so he looks like he's really coming to his own in that right and um, um you know between the free kick and then that that volley you know cross field ball that drops on salah's foot um, you can just tell. I mean, the kid is the kid is just he's so special, and we're so lucky to have him. And um, you know, hopefully, he's at Liverpool for for years to come and develops into the you know the, the best right back in, in world football.
0: Moving up the park just a little bit into the midfield, you had Genie put in another monstrous performance. I think he's really setting settling into the six and played a little bit of it last season. Really started strong through these three. We're in match week three or four? That was week three. Week three, thank you. <laughs> 5 a.m. does it too. you. Um, <laughs> Milner, I thought, came back with a decent performance. Uh, needed to be subbed off, but you know, pr- pretty workmanlike. And Keita, who's the guy that we all are just adoring, and unlo- it seems like he's unlocking skills week to week, he struggled a little bit. What would you make of his performance, Allie?
1: I know people said he struggled, but I mean, I thought that was like, you know, grinder of a type of game where we need our, our midfielders to just be buckled down and, you know, make sure nothing funny happens in the midfield. They were, they were chasing us down like dogs. They were more aggressive than, than normal. Um, so I, I think all, all three of Milner, one Alden and, and Navicated, you know, did enough to get the job done. I don't think anyone played poorly. I think Navicata was kind of tired at the point, you know, the 67th minute when he he was uh, removed from the game and substituted. Um, I think Milner was tired as well, even though he's, you know, our most fit player, but I wanted to give Genie a shout out. The guy is immense playing the six, playing the 10, playing whatever you want him to play. Um, I think there was a clip of him, you know, juggling it around in midfield and just destroying. um, I don't know if it was Stevens or, uh, or who, who it was, but that was absolutely intense.
0: Watching and him in real time juggling the ball was yeah. just stupid.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, I, I know people say Navicata you know, didn't do well. I, I still think for him not doing well is, you know, plenty enough for, for the Liverpool squad um, to be able to win games like
0: this. For Alex, Fabinho didn't make the bench another week in a row. Are we just following the same clock betting in that we saw from Robertson and from ox last year
2: yeah i I, i'm not sure why people get um getting kind of tied up on this i uh or or kind of so twisted on it i think you know we're right now we're kind of blessed that we have three midfielders that didn't have any world cup action uh and are coming back you know fresh um and i know fabinho wasn't at the world cup but he's coming into a new squad and, and a new style of play um, and he has to bet it. And, and I, I think, you know, we've seen it work before with, like you said, Robertson and Oxlade in Berlin. I think he's, he's got, to, he's getting used to the squad. Um, he's trying to gain his fitness and, and kind of like I mentioned before, right? Like there are so many games to play this year. Fabinho will be in the squad and he will play and, you know, similar to Robertson, if he's good enough and the, opportunity arises and he stakes a claim then he'll be starting um but right now i don't i don't know how you can look at our squad and say well, fabinho should be starting over Winaldum. um i think if if you look at the last 3 games i think genie's been been if not the best you know top 3 of our players is top 3 players this season he's been been you know absolutely immense in midfield i think he's he put in his best performance against um bright and he, he was commanding everything um you know progressing the ball forward when he needed to recycling possession when he needed to and he's also you know defensively covering really well um i will say i, I have a, a, as good as he's playing as, as much as i'm reading about him I, I do have slight concerns about genie when we come up against a team with a bit more attacking intent and a bit more more attacking talent. Um, I think we saw last year in some of the champions league games and, and towards the end of our run, you know, he he does have a tendency to get a bit overrun because, you know, kind of like we're saying, he's not a true defensive, you know, midfield destroyer or, you know, a, a true kind of like Jorginho type, type um, who recycles possession and is really, really good at that role, but he's kind of a jack of all trades and, and he's perfect for kind of, you know, the set of the, the block of four games, we're in right now right come again coming up against opposition that we know is going to be uh, organized and sit back and try and nick one on the counter so you know for for what he's doing right now he's you can't take him out of the side i think he's um he's he's playing too well right now so uh you know i don't i don't think it's it's anything to do with fabinho's talent or uh, fabinho's mentality I think you know he's going to have to prove to Klopp that he belongs in that eleven. And um, you know, we're fortunate enough to be in a position where he doesn't just walk in the side, where he has to compete and and even uh you know a bench spot is um is is uh is something he has to fight for. So um no, I don't I don't think it's anything to be concerned about. Um Klopp wouldn't have spent you know uh, so much money on 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 a player if he didn't believe in his talent. So um Do that would kind of be my piece not. on that. Yes. Yeah, I think I he, he had a uh, he had a, he had a knock in the, in the summer. It sounded like, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's anything to be, to be worried about or to get riled up about. We're in a fortunate enough position where we can afford to, um, to let him uh, a bedded period.
0: Oh, and I'd be interested in your perspective on this Allie. Uh, it would seem in Klopp's system that the six has a different set of responsibilities than Fabinho had at Monaco. Do you think there's just a, you know, trying to understand what Klopp wants from him in that role that's taken the time?
1: I don't think it's that deep. I, I honestly truly believe that Klopp's being really smart, like Alex said, embedding the player slowly because he has the you know, luxury to do that right now. I really just think, look, Genie's played there. He hasn't played a World Cup. I know Fabiano hasn't either, but this is a new league. In the summer, he looked a little slower than, than normal that we've seen um, from, from his days at Monaco. So I think he's just being really smart about this um and he's just embedding him really slowly into the team especially for you know mid mid season when when the games start coming in pretty fast and the uh, injuries start picking up like we're going to have this guy that's ready and hungry to play and show show him why he should start and I think
2: that's going to be something that's going to be utilized really well. Uh, Ali I com- I completely agree and I I also add that I think you know one of the things that Klopp values most in his players is is he trusts them right and you see the players that he he trusts play a lot. So I'm talking about the likes of Milner, Wijnaldum. He trusts those players because he knows they're very intelligent footballers. And one of the things I noticed, and I'd be interested to see if you guys noticed the same thing, but you know, just watching the Brighton game, I felt like I saw Milner and Wijnaldum picking up um, the positions and and the spaces that, you know, our outside backs would leave when they kind of flew up the field. Um, it, it's something I maybe didn't notice as much last year. I'm wondering if it's kind of a new style of play or, or a new, um, you know, tweak on, on the system. Um, but I feel like I've seen, you know, with the distribution ability of Allison and Van Dyke, Trent and Robertson get up the field much quicker. And that cross field kind of like 60 yard pinged ball um, is on much more often. And, and what you see is Winaldom and Milner kind of just sliding into those spaces that Robertson and Trent vacate just to, to kind of cover for them. Um, and I think, you know, Klaus, values that intelligence, that footballing intelligence and football IQ. Um, and I think that's just that's just one of the things, you know, Fabinho needs a few months to gain Klopp's trust, to, to show Klopp that he understands kind of the positional disciplines that um, you kind of need when you play as the six in his system or play as kind of, um, you know, a bit higher up the field.
1: That's, that's a really good point because, um, you know, I've been doing the stats every week after every game week. Um, one thing I've noticed, and I didn't know how to pinpoint it, is um, Trent and Robertson are getting far more touches than they were last season in these yep. types of games. So that's a really good point that you made.
0: And speaking of players that we adore, Mohamed Salah. So, <laughs> I obviously, saw joy in this—the one goal that delivered the three points—and had a bunch of other chances that didn't finish. Of course, the K to ball over his head for second week in a row what are we to make of Mo? Is he bothered under the cover by all this Egyptian FA stuff? I'm going to get it in one way one way or the other. Uh, or is he just still shaking off some rust, still learning his mates, Ali?
1: I don't think he's shaking off any rust. I think he has a goal and what, two assists already in three games. I think he's doing really well. I think what's happening is Firmino is dropping in a little deeper, and I don't know if that's a programmatic thing or, you know, if he's just doing that to get the ball, or if you know Klopp is asking him to do that. it's so leaving him a little more isolated. And I think that might be something Klopp is asking him to do because of the distribution channels we have now out of Allison and um Gomez on the on the right, you know, side. And and is also dropping in a little deeper. I don't know if that's something that's Klopp also, you know, is telling him to do. So I think he's getting a little more isolated in these games versus near the end of the season where you know all three were attacking at the same time at the same pace. So I think that's what's happening. I think it's just maybe we're getting in shape still. And that's something that we're going to have to wait to see, you know, Mane and, and Salah and Firmino to break through. But I think that's what's happening right now.
0: And Alex, Bobby seems to be putting in these, like, Bobby performances where he's doing all the hard work off the ball, but he hasn't seen the back of the net for himself. How did you see it?
2: Yeah, I mean, he should have scored on that header. Um, great save by, by Ryan for in the sure. first half um you know i think what you're seeing with bobby is you know for me personally each game has now gotten a little bit better you can see he's starting to get his legs under him i thought you know the first performance of the season against west ham i thought he was a bit sluggish he looked like he wasn't fit you know classic bobby he goes to the world cup he does a bit of boozing back in uh in rio or brazil (laughs) or wherever it was he comes back a stone or two overweight You know, I think he's, he's, you know, he's deserved it in all his right for all the work he's put in last season, but I think he's getting his legs under him. Um, He was a bit better against crystal palace. And I thought his best performance was over the weekend against Brighton. You can see that. I think he's finally started to get his legs under him. His energy is back. He's buzzing around. I think his touch is just a bit off. Um, You know, you'll see, you can see one or two times the ball just kind of crept away from him. Um, There was that one chance he had where someone placed it back to him on the edge of the box, box and his first touch, you know, it's kind of three or four yards out in front of him and he just has to kind of lean back on the on the curler of the far post and he he kind of uh he puts it on the roof of the net. So I think, you know, he's he's just regaining his sharpness. It's really nothing to worry about. I think he's still finding his fitness. Um I think what's what's interesting and, and we can get on to Mane, is uh Ali brings up a good point. I think what you're seeing is is not just maybe Firmino dropping a bit deeper, but um also, you know, Salon and, and money coming inside and wanting to be more of the creative role and play more of the creative role, both of them. Um, and I just felt like over the weekend, uh, it was a bit too congested and it was a bit too pedestrian. Um, and, and, and you just didn't see that kind of incisive incisiveness, um, that we're, we're used to. So I, I think they're, they're trying to, you know, regain their touch. Um, I'd be interested to, you know, Jeff, to, to get your perspective on, Ansalá does this this kind of backing down thing now, and I think we saw it towards the end of last season. Um, but he kind of like takes up his man like he's you know posting up in in the NBA. What do you kind of make <laughs> of that? Are you a fan of it? Because I I can get kind of frustrated at him sometimes and like yell at the TV. You know, come <laughs> to the ball, come to the ball. And he he seems to want to back into him. You have any hot takes?
0: Yeah, I, hot take is just that uh, he on the ball like it, he may not have the physical size to take on certainly the center halves that are closing in on him yeah i see it too but he's best in space heading that ball and just running for daylight doesn't necessarily have the size for it
1: wasn't there a stat where we didn't get any penalties at anfield last season i think this might be something where the team's like hey these guys can't mark you you have like a really good low center of gravity. Just sit on the last man, yeah. grab the ball. They're going to chip at you. You're going to get and, and so that's how we that's won the penalty against man. Palace, right? So. Yeah, exactly. So I think that might be something that they looked at and said, "Hey, you should maybe start putting this in."
0: Just if we yeah. end up in Champions League, don't hook your arm into Ramos. Just don't do that again.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Too soon, too soon, too soon. You know what? Speaking, of, I think you know a good point is I think a lot of people have been a bit frustrated, not frustrated, but um, there's been a, a bit of wanting from the, the front three, and I think. What we do have to remember is, you know, last year when they were so good, a lot of the time it was in the Champions League. And it was when they were allowed to have space and freedom and could kind of blitz people on the counter. Um, and I think what you're seeing is, you know, teams in the Prem have kind of just figured us out a little bit. They understand that money and Sal thrive in space and they're kind of adjusting their defense accordingly. Um, and I think it's kind of relying on us supporters to not get so frustrated, but to, to um, you know, just, just recognize that people are now taking away you know, the channels or the the passing channels into Salah and Mane and that, you know, maybe now it's Robertson and Trent that are playing a bit more of a creative role further up the field. So, um, you know, it's certainly something to look out for and hopefully we can kind of, we can find our stride and hit the ground, hit the ground running again after the international break when we come up against, uh, some of the top six. No but doubt. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: No doubt. We will end up there. Um, why don't we take a minute, talk about our seed index. Alex, I don't know if you've done this before. So this is like our biggest positive for the match. What got you out of your seat? Cheering, doing a little dance, or slouching back because it was bad. Uh, yeah. Allie, why don't you lead by example? What's your positive and negative?
1: <laughs> um, I think the the genie little juggle um, in midfield really got me going. I uh, got me off my seat. Um, Love sitting. That love seeing know, playing well. Um, My negative was bringing on Ali Reza, Jahan Bashk, so late in the game. I really (laughs) wanted to see him play. Uh, For people that don't know who he is, he's an Iranian national player. I think he's the record signing for Brighton. So I was excited to to see what he would do to a team like Liverpool. And hopefully, I was hoping for him to play kind of well so that we would look at him (laughs) in the the transfer market and maybe he would make a move to Liverpool. But that's something I was uh, disappointed in.
0: Maybe next time when we go to American Express. <laughs> so those are yours. Alex, what might be yours?
2: Uh, so I think mine is probably that Trent pass on the volley. Uh, uh, he, when he hit it, I was like, no, no, he didn't need to do that, did he? And then the way it just drops on Salah's foot just had my jaw on the floor. Uh, he's just he's so talented. And, um, you know, I mean, that was... It was an incredible. I can't stop watching the GIF of it, honestly. So, um, you know, that still has me in, in awe. Uh, I think, you know, I would like to see Bobby score. So, I guess, you know, in terms of like slouch index, I'd probably say that Matt Ryan save um, would have loved to see him do a little Brazilian jiggle and um, get the get the band the Samba Boys back together. So, uh, yeah, it would oh, probably so be fine.
1: I want to see what Money does. <laughs> to stop the celebration.
0: Okay, getting to me. I, I could very easily say both my positive and negative having to do with United's downfall because that just entertains me by the second. And Liverpool concerned. I thought Robertson was just a monster. That was my positive for this particular match. Like I said, developing right in front of us, uh, improving so much in his runs off the ball, uh, crosses obviously well patterned. He's doing so much going forward, and it's only going to kick up. And then uh, my my only negative was uh, the surprise of Brighton playing as well as they did. I mean, they did not allow a lot of chances. I mean, we still created chances because that's the attack we have, but set it up to make it difficult for us, and that ended up being true. So it's more compliment to them. So um, why don't we move into quickly previewing Lester, so that's coming up. Lester is 2-0-1 on the year, sitting seventh in the early going, lost United, uh, but beat wolves convincingly, who just took points off a of city. Their attack looks strong with Inacho, James Madison, a Liverpool supporters have been clamoring to bring him in in the summer for the vacant Coutinho spot. Should have done it in my opinion, but and then Damari Gray, Ally.
1: It's still a team that kind of scares me, even, even without Marez or Vardy and Iñacho. In- 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 I can't pronounce anyone's name, by the way, but Madison's been doing really well in the midfield playing playing the higher role. So I think um, with Ndidi and Madison and, and Iñacho, in- I think they still have a, a pretty big threat that we should be worried about. Plus set-pieces, I think mcguire um, has been on fire, um, and he's been full of confidence since the World Cup, so that's someone to look out for as well.
0: Now, United was able to find joy away. This is going to be another test Alex for Liverpool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, you know, cop will be cops kind of had these first four games for the international break. And, you know, so far it's so, so good. He's taken full points. I think if he can get 12 from 12, that's a really, really good start. Um, especially heading into a, a fixture period. That's a, um, a bit tougher. Um, you know, Leicester are always dangerous. They always pose a threat. Um, I think James Madison's been playing really well. I think he'll be he'll be the one to kind of keep an eye out for and, and to watch. Um, I'd be interested to see what kind of squad Klopp rolls out. I, I think you would expect that the back five, you know, the back four, including the goalkeeper, stay the same. Um, and I would venture to say that he's not going to change the front three either, even though they may, may be a bit leggy, um, maybe a bit tired. It'll be interesting to see what he does with the midfield with, you know, kind of, um, Henderson now looks like he's probably at full fitness. Milner looked maybe a, a, a shade off against Brighton. Um, it'll be interesting to see how kind of he fits and fits all those pieces. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, we can go there and, and I think we know Leicester will um, be a bit more open than maybe Brighton. They'll, they'll you know, have a bit more pace on the counter. Um, so it'll be another good test, another different type of, uh, another different type of striker for our, our center back partnership to deal with. Um, but, uh, you know I think there's no reason we should not be going into this game with full confidence off the backs of nine points um you know our defenses should they can keep, keep a clean sheet um, our midfield has been able to control everything that's been thrown at them I think it'll be interesting to see how if Jeannie's in the six um, what kind of responsibility he has to close down James Madison uh, and if he's able to do that and, and hopefully we can um, we can strike them on uh, on the counter and uh, and get another three points.
0: I mean, this is exactly the kind of match that Klopp is talking about where he wants to eliminate the draws versus the draws. Ali, this is how you win a championship in the Premier League, isn't
1: it? Yeah, let's not go there yet. I don't want to jinx anything. You know, I'm superstitious as hell. Um, I'm
0: just saying um, that it's something you need to do.
1: You win win at home, you draw or win away, and that's how you win the Premier League. Um, That's something United was really good at. Under Ferguson, these are these are the types of games where you need depth to win. So, like uh, Alex was mentioning, maybe Milner is getting a little leggy. Um, so you bring Henderson in, and he's going to be fresh. He's going to be ready to go. He's looking to you know gain his starting position back. So I think these are perfect games where you start embedding your your squad players
2: in, into the team. Yeah, I, I agree with Ali on that. And, and one of the things I was actually a bit disappointed, I was kind of yelling at the TV against Brighton. I would have loved to see a Shakiri cameo. Um, you know, I, I think he's, he should get some minutes under his belt, especially because I think he'll play a big part um, towards kind of the middle and, and end of the season when the fixtures are coming thick and fast. So, um, you know, it'd be good to see him. I don't know if if you can kind of bench one of our, our um, front three but you know, it'd be good to see him get some minutes under his belt because I think he's got a lot to offer. And I think he could be a, a, a really, really good piece to uh, kind of this season. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him get a run out at some point.
1: I love how you mentioned the fixtures are coming thick and fast. I thought you were talking about Shakiri for a second.
2: <laughs> 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 applies to both.
0: <laughs> but not me. I'm big boned uh lads (laughs) thanks for getting up at this ungodly hour first and foremost but for joining us and working through the full match review as we do alex glad to have you on uh how can those at home find you on twitter
2: yes you can you can find me on twitter um at americas copite um yeah drop me a line yeah
0: i'm like facing the flag saluting right now that's cool uh (laughs) ali Um, I think we've got a stats thread coming from you on Twitter. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So every every game week, I'm just going to look at the stats and then compare them to the previous you know couple of games to see how we're playing differently. Um, so, yeah, look out for stats from my, my page. It's going to be AllieG underscore or AllieG. Yeah, I think it's underscore. FB. I don't even know what my Twitter handle is. <laughs>
0: um
1: But, yeah, also follow Alex. He he has really good views and interesting things that he talks about regarding Liverpool, all things Liverpool. So give him a follow.
0: For sure. And you can find me, Jeff underscore Hallett, 2Ls, 2Ts. Thanks, everybody, for getting on and listening at this early hour. Talk on, talk on.
1: Talk on, talk on.